I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Overlooked and Undercooked Special Season, Rob Schneider's Special Edition. I've just finished it. You might have been able to hear that a little bit overlapping onto the mic. That's right. Bookended by his iconic fetch craze. (laughs) This is the lowest I've been. Tim Beck, Guy Montgomery, Day 6, Asian Mama, Mexican Kids. Now, the reason it's called that is because he has his mama, Tim, Uh uh is Asian. Yep. Uh, But his kids... Uh, well, they're Mexican, so Let that's me. where he gets the title from. I hated it. I watched it on my phone. Yeah. We are, for context, probably relevant, we're side saddle. Yeah, which is rare. I'm at Tim's house. We've watched it separately uh-huh. somehow, even though we're physically together, we both watched it on our phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With wireless headphones. I want to tell you how that went for me. So there I was, uh, just getting a little bit of a tidy up, and... It was pretty sad because I was surrounded by, like, people for the first time in weeks. Couldn't talk to them. I was just in a Rob Schneider prison. And then I sat down to the barber who, um, I, there's, like, four people there who were cutting heads. And I got the guy who, I've had him before. He's a great hairdresser, but he, he speaks very, very little English at all. So And he's always got earphones in. Oh. So I think he's listening to, like, music or a podcast. So not, not a huge conversation. I kind of respect that. Yeah, me too. Me too. They're a great barber. They're so cheap. God, um, they're cheap. So, how, how was it, man? It was sad. It made me sad. And um, when I was walking back to my house from the barber, um, I was like finishing finishing the the special off. And the weirdest thing happened. At 3 p.m., suburban Auckland, I was walking down like a pretty main street, right by the shops. And uh, this guy who just looked like a normal dude, had a hat on, probably 45 years old, just took his dick out and started taking a piss on a tree. Oh yeah! Wow! <laughs> yeah, that is outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so those—that's the context for my watch today. And then I had to finish it off a little bit just now because I, I um, hit pause while Guy sort of caught up because he's been doing other stuff. And then we got out of sync, and here we are. Here's what I thought: um, Rob's allergies sound debilitating. <laughs> this man wakes up every night. And every like morning, sneezes all the time. It, they, it operates like clockwork. Every morning at six a.m., I believe. Is that what he said? I thought it was like the middle of the night. But I, I got to admit, I'm not listening as intently as I probably should be. To this this is the middle of the night. I, oh uh, yeah, yeah. They sound like bad allergies, man. I'm so sorry, Tim. You're going to have to carry pretty much this there's whole no, podcast. There's, there's no, there's <laughs> I am no, so down and out. As far as I know, there's no treatment for allergies either, which is pretty stink. You can kind of like lessen the symptoms a little bit by having, um, uh, I forget what it's called, but there's certain medications you can get. Antihistamines. That's the one, yeah. But like you can't do something to kind of cure your allergies, I guess, because it's a, um, a um, 
It's like a histamine response your body has. What is that? That's part of your uh, Respirat- respiratory. I think it affects the respiratory, but it's like your um, the, the the part of the body that attacks viruses and stuff. Antibodies. Um, Bodies. <laughs> yeah, they're all words. Low light today from Timbo. Rob saying, uh, I, oh, no, that wasn't even my low light. That was my low light up until that point, and then something topped it. Um, the low light was Rob saying, I cook, I clean all day, and what do I get? Oh, and and what That's what do I mum. get? Look That's what I get. And then dancing around in the circle saying, look what I get, look what I get, look what I get, look what I get, look what I get. No one laughed at that, and it made me very sad. He's and then I wrote down. Time. Then I wrote down the note. How does anyone review anything? Okay, that's an interesting thought to explore. My next. Do you want to dig into that? Let's dig into that. How does anyone review what's, what ins- anything? What inspired that thought? The fact that um, a similar thing that has happened in previous seasons happened uh, in this watch, which is that you kind of like you lose any grip on your opinion on it. Like you, you lose all faith on what your read is on the product. Um. So, th- so that's kind of a unique position, I guess, we're so in like, by virtue of it, repeat so watches. Is it what would you describe as like your relationship to the content becomes purely emotional? And it's not that; it's just that it's untrustworthy. The problem isn't the emotionality of it; it's just like there's no what value could my take possibly have on anyone else's bearing on whether they should watch this? Because what I'm experiencing is Rob Schneider but that's, six days a week. That's not the prism through which you're reviewing this. You're not reviewing this as in a thumbs up or thumbs down. That's true. Should you or shouldn't you? Yeah, that's true. But it kind of makes me lose faith in any observation I have about this special. I'm like, is Rob Schneider funny? Is this special actually funny? Am I wrong just because I'm no. like watching it too much? Twice, No. Okay, and uh, here's some other notes. <laughs> All right, but further to that, like even if you just watch something once, it's like, why do I think what I have to say has value to other people and their decision on whether or not to watch this? Everyone's going to have a different take. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I couldn't agree more. I guess it's like the thing is, you don't share this opinion with everyone, you know, willy nilly you share it with people who specifically have registered an interest in hearing the opinion. I'm less like a man pissing on a tree in suburban Auckland and more like a man with earbuds in cutting heads at the barber. I'm selective in who I talk to you're more and like, share with. <laughs> I, you or at least I feel more like the tree. Getting pissed on. Yeah. Un- unexpectedly for that tree as well. Well, at a certain point, you sort of just accept that that's the way that some people are going to treat you, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't make it enjoyable Not when it happens. broad daylight on a Tuesday, on oh, Monday. That's pretty weird, eh? Yeah. Here's another note I wrote down. Rob really loves saying the word noodle in a Chinese accent. He oh. finds a lot of joy in it. He also... <laughs> He also really loves saying hot coal in a Korean accent. Do you know, the way you framed it there, it's not like you're not wrong. I think it's the the most heavy here is the whole special is saying noodle in a Chinese accent. Mm. And um, I've always sort of taken umbrage with it. But to hear you frame it as it, it brings him a lot of joy. Yeah. I mean, it's a slippery slope to, <laughs> to putting a foot on, but it almost softens my disdain for it because I'm like, well, here's a guy. Does Rob Schneider deserve? Here's a question: Does Rob Schneider deserve happiness? Um, he does, but I think that means he could go around um, getting it, 
getting it oh so wrong and, yeah, and yeah. broadcasting it oh so well. Because, like, there's a difference between you being intentionally racist and being racist, you know? You can be racist without intending it. Yeah, And that's, yeah. that's I think, usually born of um, sort of an ignorance or a blind spot or something. But, you know, I there's think a willingness it's sort of... to 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 grow and educate yourself or be educated and learn and change. When you're a performer and a commentator, which, like, no matter what kind of comedian is, you're, you know, you're broadcasting something. So there's a yeah. little bit of a responsibility. Rob is a bit of, of a care. commentator, really, isn't he? He, he's in so, a lot of ways, he, he is. He, uh, do you know? Like, I wish he had paused for thought the same way about like no one else's experience of this is going to be the same as mine. So why am I sharing this? How you felt about reviewing? I wish Rob Schneider just took a moment to reflect upon that in his relation to performing stand-up comedy. Being more introspective and questioning his like, yeah, take. Been like, why am I? <laughs> why am I Rob why Schneider? Why am I laying bare my unhappy marriage? Yeah. Like, under the... I guess it's because he operates under the assumption this is how all marriages go. And um, it's Which important is, to speak your truth on stage as, as well. As a comedian also, it is important. Like, you know, you are you are often distilling your version of what is a shared experience for, for people to enjoy, to feel connected is yes. what you're doing, isn't yes, it? Yes, like, that's right. The observations you make, uh, the particulars are different. And this is true of life, Tim. Mm-hmm. We are all, like everyone in the world will experience, has got access to the same range of emotions. They're not happening in synchronicity, but we all experience, you know, the same emotions at different times. We're all living a different, ver- you know, we've all, we're all living our version of the same experience. The specs are different. But, um, sorry, go on. It's very hard to. I guess what I was saying is, sure, we're all different, but in many ways, we're also, I don't know, all the same? Huh. I close my eyes. Only for a moment and the moment's gone All my dreams Before my eyes in curiosity This is true Dust in the wind All we are is dust in the wind Same old song Really beautiful. Drop of ocean. If we are talking about music, there's a a hidden message of thanks to Adam Sandler in this special that I think only the eagle eared might pick up on. Goodness me, I missed it. Well, oh, I know what this is. You do? Yeah, the Sandman. That's right. Roy Orbison's In Dreams, which was voted by Rolling Stone's Top 500 Songs of All Time as the 319th greatest song of all time. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. It's a beautiful song. Roy Orbison, a lot of his music actually occurs to him in his sleep, which I always found pretty interesting. Like, Is that right? Here's an instance of someone who relies on their ability to m- remember and replicate dreamlike Dream state. states. Like, you know, you think of jokes just as you're nodding off, and yeah. you're like, I'll get it in the morning, and so you never do. impossible. But yeah, uh, the first verse of this, which Rob Schneider takes, is opens with a candy-colored, a candy-colored clown they call the Sandman. Yeah. Tiptoes to my room every night just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper, Go to sleep, everything's all right. That is so <laughs> cute. Yeah. That is really sweet. And I think I 
I think the song choice is not a coincidence for many reasons. Like it's a, it's it's. I guess do you the think, way that they spring it on you? Yeah. They could say anything. Yeah, you'd be like, "Here's my daughter Al King to perform the Baha Men who let the dogs out." <laughs> you like, that makes sense. Like they like, all sure. every decision makes as much sense as the next. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that this is um, an emotionally stunted man's way because he can't say it directly to Adam to like earnestly thank him for thirty years of sustained spotlight? in show business not wholly obviously it's not like his entire career is is adam sandler's to think for but i would say a big component is yeah i think it's it's rob schneider showing humility and thanks uh as directly as his sort of you know his own wrestle with the kind of guy he is will allow that's so sweet because this comes just after a, a piece that I wrote down because I wanted to get it verbatim. Welcome to Korean Whorehouse. Come on in. This is the room where you suck your own dick. You suck it. You suck it. You suck it. Then come over this room. You fuck yourself hard. Oh, you get your money's worth in this room. Ah. So he, that's- learned, he learned from the best. <laughs> oh, That's just before we fuck. get into the musical uh, big show business closer i thought this would be fun the, the further along it went <laughs> hey another note from timbo you got notes coming out the wazoo huh i really love the piano especially because he's doing jokes about cheating on his wife and ejaculating on women's backs while soft classical piano music Do you know plays. the best that's cool the best thing about the piano is he introduces the pianist takaru saito mm-hmm. and he says he brings him out and everyone applauds him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, obviously something's going to happen. And then the way he throws it away, he's like, uh, you want to play a little something, yeah. buddy? And yeah, like, I what? love that, though. I think that's that's great. Because it's quite hard to... Look, it's a hard thing to, in the middle of your comedy special, introduce a pianist and, like, weave it all together. And, and this I, is his decision. <laughs> it's not like Netflix no. imposed this on him. We don't know that. But it's, I just think it's a nice way to... to keep rolling you know it's like this this special for all its flaws of which there are many well documented in this podcast series alone pace i don't think is an issue for it like it does keep moving along there are bits where like there's repetition which really fucks me off where he gets kind of stuck in a bit of a verbal loop a little bit 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 you know you know you know you know you know you know yeah See what happens. Yeah, those would be three good examples. But on the whole, the guy, and I think I said this yesterday, or at least I wrote it down, he transitions between his bits real good. He just keeps wheeling them out. American confidence. Yeah. That's that's the belief that every one of his jokes will get the desired laugh at the desired time, which will not needed. buffer. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't agree with it, but I can't argue with it. I like that style to just be like, here's my joke. Now, here's another one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I like that too. But um, getting back to the piano thing, I just love the, the can I say this, juxtaposition of this uh, pretty lowbrow material with a guy in a tuxedo playing really good concert piano for, mm. a, for a packed crowd. I, it, it, I've got a real love of that marrying the high and low brow like that's shit that I really dig and uh, if you just look at it, the concept of it it's really cool I don't know if I love what he does with it yeah. specifically he just like do you know who would do a better job as Norm MacDonald Norm MacDonald would never like Norm MacDonald would never do that I don't know 
You're probably right. He's not. He doesn't do like gimmicks or, or any. He's like he's quite a like, purist. He writes, yeah, he, he just like writes timeless jokes. But he would understand exactly how to how deploy to do it. it. Yeah. I wonder what Norman... Sarah Silverman, who would be a good comedian to see, like with a piano, who would kind of know how to like. Zach Galifianakis's <laughs> he's like, done entire that. first special was that. Yeah. And it's sort of like it's just it's just a fancier version of someone with a guitar. To underscore like a bunch of, lo- I like someone else doing it because with Zach, it's it's funny and he does it really well. But there's kind of an element of of showing off in a way that mm. is, is stripped away from you when you you have to like eat your humble pie and hire someone to do it for you. I just, it's just such an ins- I mean it's just one of so many insane choices. Can I tell you something that's been bothering me? I don't know that we've talked about it on the actual podcast. Um, is his, his daughter, I, I was complimenting Rob in the previous episode actually for his um his physical embodiment of a seven-year-old daughter mm. when he says, my wife, he opens up this room saying, my wife loves the kids so much, so I don't get a lot to do. Which I is, don't get given. I don't get given a lot Oh no, to she, do. it's something like she doesn't trust me. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He does not assume responsibility for much of the parenting mm. Because either he doesn't love his kids as much or his wife finds him untrustworthy or he's just a lazy guy who just assumes that things will be taken care of on his behalf. Most probably a combination of all three. But he does sleep on the side of the bed which is closest to the door. And so he does have some responsibility, namely when his daughter wakes up, a seven-year-old wakes up from a bad dream, it's up to Rob to decide whether or not it's scary enough to qualify her sleeping in the bed or not. Can you hear a low rumbling? Yeah, I think okay. that's the ominous siren that just sounds every every day at around um four. It's well, it, it is very distracting. Yeah, yeah. I think so like it's, even it's, if you take your headphones off, I can't. Oops, I can't really hear it. Oh, it's a truck backing up. But on the mic, it's getting picked up a lot. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just the ominous hmm. siren. So he he he's in charge, and his his daughter comes in and says, "Um, I had a bad dream, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna need to." Get in there, yep. and Rob's like, "Well, let's hear about the dream." Yep. She goes, "Ah, oh, well, I had dinosaurs, so I'm gonna have to get in there." And he goes, yep. "Well, what are the dinosaurs doing?" And chasing me. And he goes, "Nah, not scary enough." So that's yeah. the pullback and reveal. Yeah. And it's like you it, within your stand-up set, you've created a dream sequence, <laughs> which is permission to do anything, like anything you want. A joke is permission to be creative. A joke about a dream. You you can build any reality devoid of physics, of believability, anything. You can like you're wide open. You're putting a seven, you're putting a nightmare into a seven year old's mind and voice. So why not like stretch your legs a little bit instead yeah. of literally taking an example <laughs> from your life and just not changing anything and inserting it into your taped stand up comedy special. It just it just drives me nuts. And then like I guess. On the flip side of that, his closer, which is the big, um, my wife wouldn't have sex with me, so I, I got stoned and went and put, uh, like, dressed up a dessert on my penis because mm. I'd taken a Viagra. Yeah. His closer, he does take some creative liberties there where it's like he's describing all the stuff he's putting on himself, and I don't yeah. truly believe he's doing any of this stuff. You don't think he's making a Sunday out of his genitals? <laughs> Not really, no. And in this instance, he does take a lot of liberties. But again, it's he, like he says in the middle of that joke. If we don't have caramel in this kitchen, I'm going to blow no, my brain. If we out. do, oh, if we do have caramel, I'm going to blow he's my like, brain. He's doing this, but it's like everyone's <laughs> as interested or invested in the anecdote as him. He's like, yeah, you know, usually we got chocolate chips, and there were there were chocolate we're, chips. We got to get some chocolate chips at this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, 
And it's like these are the li- like all of it's just this is after by the way, and I'm sorry to interrupt. Not at but all. That, but we haven't brought this up, and it's always pissed me off every time I've seen it. After he reveals that, like, so um, he can't sleep in his bed because I think eventually he he relinquishes it to his daughter to sleep in that bed, <laughs> which is funny because I think the whole point is so he can be so she can be close to her parents because she's frightened. But yes. Okay. He leaves and then describes the situation thusly. I went and found another bedroom that I didn't know I had in my house. A whole other wing I'd never seen before. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, fuck, man. I don't know. There's, it's just a level I, of I, out of touch with well, the audience. I know, but that, it's, you can own that as well. It's yeah. just He's just a man. He's just he's in no man's land. Yeah. He's, he's telling it like it is but, yeah. for him, I guess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I just also want to criticize the creative flourish. Does he like, he's got so little imagination. Like <laughs> the, it, it, all of his experiences, like there's no, there are no embellishments. There's no finesse that goes into the, the jokes. It's like, this is why I think he's a commentator. He's not a creative mind. He's telling it like it is. He's analytical. Man, if the world is like if the world is like that, mm. are you gonna blow your fucking brains out? Nah, dog. Find some caramel, some chocolate chips. To Rob, I you know I feel better now for having spoken about this than I did at the start of this podcast. That's really good. It's insane. I was watching Rob's. Oh no, okay. That's that's. I just wrote down a note about when I saw the guy pissing on the tree. It was during Rob's classic bit about the level of attractiveness being a weather vane for how we should um. How much effort we put into a relationship? That bit is long. It is a long <laughs> joke. You say a lot of things about that joke, and one of them is that it is long. And yet, still, you you believe that the special breezes by. In a way, because part of pace and comedy is I don't know. There's something about the transitions, you know, going from I idea mean, to d- idea. You know what? I don't disagree. Like it, every day, it just sort of just like it sort of just happens. Yeah, just occurs, <laughs> doesn't it? Like sands through the hourglass, so are the specials of Robin. I would love to be in the Netflix control room watching the amount of traffic. You know, like I imagine (laughs) there's someone whose like job it is to watch all the Rob Schneider material. I would love to get some analytics on this special. I keep going. I hate hate going. I hate going back to it every day on my on my. It's fucking up our algorithms (laughs) so good. We're gonna get recommended absolute dog shit from here on in. So embarrassing. Yeah, do Netflix know how old we are? Do we ever? Do we ever? Ta- did I ever tell them that? Did I tell them how old I am? I don't know if I did, but I feel like it's something they know. The specials are sixteen. Hmm. <laughs> so they know you're over sixteen. I can't remember ever entering my age, but I reckon I probably did. It was right at the start. I reckon I've just forgotten when I registered. It's like date of birth, so we can analyze your shit. Yeah. Man. Netflix got a lot of data, eh? Everyone's got data. They've got a lot on us. What are they going to do with that, that data? Their data's just like, here's the shows that you watch. It governs all their funding decisions. It's like, you know what the people want based on the algorithm? More 
Rob Schneider specials. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was maybe this partially what, based on the success is, of um, The Wrong Missy. This is what we did to Cats. This is what we're going to do to Schneider. Yeah. This is how we get a third season of Real Rob. I Do you miss Cats? Uh, yeah, I miss the idea of Cats. Yeah. I don't think I would miss Cats. I miss Cats. My flatmates started watching it the other night. How far they I haven't had a chat to them about it yet. A lot of people just... have been telling me they've been watching it lately. And not, I know. And not breaking in at all. And not breaking in. They can't get in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. They bailed after 10 minutes. They said, too weird. Couldn't handle it. Too weird. After 10 minutes. Too freaky for them. Within 10 minutes. Like, I think Jellicle Cats is a slapping opening, opening number, but then you do get into the naming of cats. Oh, which is the like, naming which of cats a, comes so early and it's so It's a real brutal. spacy sort of graveyard number. I mean, Tim... I, I think this is meant to be a Schneider safe space and we don't need to okay. distract ourselves by introducing the world of T.S. Eliot, Andrew Lloyd Webber, the great Robbie Fairchild. And Tom Hooper, a Tom. local legend because I think he's still in New Zealand. Uh, I, he might have left, Tom Hooper spent all of lockdown in uh, New Zealand. I have it on very good authority. Oh, not just good authority. You have evidence. Yeah, we yeah. probably can't talk about it, but um, he, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's not illegal evidence. The way Tim's framing it is uh, well, I don't know. Touch I don't and know. go. I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, you know what I know that I don't know. Hashtag Hooper on holiday. If you've got snaps, send them in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's track him down. Uh, look, I, I, I we've got tell me get... one thing you enjoyed about the watch today. A shining light, if you will. What's that from? I the same ha- voice I- is going, ha, 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 ha. I ha. hated the little dance he did on his way out to the mic. Oh, wait, this is not a shining light. I... Um... Mr. Montgomery, the class is going nowhere until I get an answer from you. We've got all day. It's not my time. It's not my time. It's your time. Uh, Tiora, Talofa. It's um the 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 when he gets Al King out mm-hmm. and they sing Roy Orbison's in Dreams. <laughs> there was your shining light. Why would you like? Why would you put this trap door in front of me to escape the fucking record, man? Mate, it's fine. If that's your shining light, that's your shining light. Just like Rob Schneider, you got to speak your truth to the people. Yeah, I'm a bit of a cultural commentator. Yeah, you are. My specialty field, Rob Schneider. Did I do one? You spoke so much about the fucking special. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you make it sound like it's a bad thing, but. You know, I think it was quite a good thing. I enjoyed the joy that Rob found in doing his Asian accents, <laughs> which is, I hasten to add, critically different from enjoying the accents themselves. You're a sweetheart, Tim, and it's gonna <laughs> the, the the road to hell is paved with other finding joy in other people's joy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, we will catch you on the next episode, our final of Overlooked and Undercooked. The Schneider Special.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.